Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Search, Ponder, and Pray, um, podcast where we strive to apply the scriptures to our daily lives. Um, and we're going to be continuing on today with Matthew, with Joseph Smith, Matthew 24. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I've been doing some other studying for the rest of the Come Follow Me, and I, as much as I really love Joseph Smith, Matthew, I'm also hopeful that we will get through Joseph Smith Matthew because there's a lot of really good stuff um, in the coming chapters. So if you have the chance, <clears throat> if you haven't had the chance, I should say, if you haven't had the chance to uh, read and study that, uh, definitely do that. Definitely study the scriptures, uh, what's been laid out for the Come Follow Me for this week. It's fantastic. Um, listen to other podcasts if we don't get to it, um, but definitely study on your own, as always. <clears throat> but before we get going too much further, let's start with a word of prayer. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you that this time. Uh, I think I'm going to do that from now on. I don't know if it works for you guys. If you guys do appreciate that, uh, go ahead and email me. The email should be in the uh, podcast description somewhere or in one of the previous episodes. Um, you can go ahead and email me that, as well as you can always email me and ask me any questions or um, make any comments or requests of any kind, and I'd be happy to talk to you. Anyways, all right, let's get started. All right, let's say a prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we are so very grateful for this day. We thank Thee so very much for all that Thou has done for us, Father, and we thank Thee for the opportunities that we have each day to draw nearer to Thee. We ask thee to please forgive us of our sins. We know that we are weak, and please help us to see in what ways we can better ourselves that we might come closer to thee and be more worthy of thy of thy gifts. We thank thee so very much for all that thou hast done for us, and we ask thee to please help us to have the courage to share thy gospel with others, to be thy disciples. We pray for these things humbly in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so... Uh, we're jumping back, like I said, we're jumping back into Joseph and Matthew. Um, and I have to tell you this, last time it was kind of sped up. Um, I typically, so right now, where I'm at currently, with the way things are going in my schedule, I've been recording in my car during my lunch break at work. Sometimes, uh, at other times, I've recorded at home in my, my recording studio uh, for some other things I do. And that's where the audio quality sounds better, and I prefer that. But right now, it just, it's not, I don't have the time to be able to record in the morning. So this is the time when I have to do it. And yesterday was really hot where I live. And I was dying in my car. So I couldn't record for very long. So I apologize that it seemed cut short and um, whatnot. My computer was overheating. It was just, it was not working out well. Anyways, so like I said, we didn't get very far. So let's jump right in. I think we ended on verse four. Let's start with verse five. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And they shall, and then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. So, um, student manual, like I said last time, Pearl of Great Price student manual this time because it's in the Pearl of Great Price. Uh, Elder James E. Talmadge of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles commented on the historical evidence of the fulfillment of this prophecy. 
among the false prophets and men who claimed to be the duly accredited ministers of Christ were Simon Magnus, who drew many people after him, Menander, Dicetheus, Thaudius, and the false prophets referred to by Paul, and others such as Hymnius, Philetius, uh, and Philetius. In, uh, Dumlow's commentary applies applies here the record the record of Josephus concerning a body of wicked men who deceived and deluded the people under pretense of divine inspiration, who prevailed with the multitude to act like madmen and went before them in the wilderness, pretending that God would there show them the signals of victory. All right. I'm going to take a little step out on the precipice here. So we've got a bunch of people that he names off, right? He names off a bunch of these people who were claiming to be they claim to have special relations with God. And because of that, people should follow them. These people set themselves up to be spiritual leaders. Then they would go out into the wilderness and pretend that God would, be, would there show them the signals of victory and they would act like madmen. I ask you to think. I'm not going to point to any examples partially because I can't think of any at the moment, but think about different things you've seen today. Maybe it pops up on your phone, maybe it pops up on your computer, maybe it pops up on the radio. Someone who uh, purports themselves to have the answer. I have the cure. I have what you need. I have the solution to your problem. If you live by this exotic diet, All of your ails will be cured. I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen those emails. I'm sure that if you, as you've been on a web page, you'll see that, that little thing like, this one weird trick has doctors baffled. All, these, all those things. These things whereby men are trying to gain your money, gain your time, gain your trust by convincing you that they have the answers. Now, I would say that that's surface level uh, deception. You know, as, as levels go, that's pretty low. Very, very few people are going to click on that. And if you do, you probably quickly find out that you've got a virus in your computer and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. That's surface level. As we delve deeper into the deception, we start to see things like, well... If you, uh, if you adhere to this lifestyle, you will be prosperous and you'll live the way you'd like. If you put away these certain things, if you live this lifestyle, that's what it, that's what it takes to, to, be, to, have, to be happy in life. Wouldn't that be considered a false Christ? Because Christ has already told us, especially in the, the proclamation to the world, the family, how we can achieve happiness. And he says, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. If we jump down um, to, the new to the student manual, and I know I don't, I don't typically like to go into the Greek meaning of the words and things like that, but I felt this one was somewhat applicable. The Greek word for offend, skandalizio, I don't know if I pronounced that right, means to make to stumble. From the same root comes the word scandalon, which is translated as stumbling block. 
the Savior was saying that many would fall away or turn away from the faith. Okay. So, when we are approaching the Lord and coming close to the Lord, we gain knowledge and light by degrees. The devil and Satan, the world, in their wise and cunning ways, work in the same fashion. Because they know that we won't fall for the heavy sins at the beginning, right? So, we work by degrees. We work by small degrees. Perhaps it starts by saying, well, you know, this time that you wanted to spend with so-and-so, you wanted to go do this, you don't need to spend your time doing that. Why don't you just come relax? Why don't you take the time to step away from what you're doing? And slowly by degrees, our eye that is single to the glory of God turns, slowly becomes not so single anymore. And we begin reaching with our foot, trying to reach off the straight and narrow path to see if we can't, if I can just get, just touch the great and spacious building just a little bit. I just want to see what it's like. I just want to, I'm, I'm still holding on to the rod. I just want to touch it just a little bit. And soon we find that the way the rod wants us to go, well, that's, that's making it difficult. And the, the great and spacious building is promising me happiness. It, it's right there. I mean, and, it, and it's at, the great. Yeah, it's great and spacious building. Yeah, sure. On the outside, it looks like that, but really, really, it's they still have good values. I mean, I've got friends over there. They have good values. I know them. I trust them. But it's not the straight and narrow path. And it causes us to stumble. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. In the, in the, in the student manual, to wax means to increase in intensity. I don't know if you've ever dipped candles, but that takes some time. I've always found, I, I watched my wife do it for, for a while, and it's interesting. In the beginning, it feels like nothing's happening. It, it seems like nothing is happening. And then before you know it, all of a sudden the candle is getting too fat. You, you're getting to the point where you have to stop. Well, I got to stop right now. If I dip it one more time, who knows how much wax is going to be on there. But it crescendos very quickly. Uh, violence and corruption are signs that people have ceased to love or care about themselves and others. Coarseness and cruelty infect a society and spread like a disease. A cruel society exists when people are without affection and hate their own blood. As abuses by humans against other humans increase, men's hearts turn cold, and the spirit of Satan takes control of their action. This is one thing that I think I've struggled with a little bit. Not, not what you're thinking, I hope not. But the, the idea that Satan is the father of contention. Contention is of the devil. We hear that in the scriptures often. Contention is of the devil. And that when we give in to contention, we are giving in to Satan. And that's difficult. It's difficult to be able to maintain your ground and to stand for what's right and true and defend yourself and not become contentious. 
as soon as those feelings, we were told in the Sermon on the Mount, that even just to hate your neighbor is a sin. To have those feelings of hate and anger is a sin. That itself goes against the Spirit of the Lord. It's a very difficult thing. All right, let's, let's jump forward on to verse 11. But he that remaineth steadfast and is not overcome, the same shall be saved. All right, right there. We're given a, a strong point as to what we can use as, a, as an anchor point to hold on to. If we click on steadfast, we go to 2 Peter 3.17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, Beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. We know the truth. We know the truth. And that's part of the reason why daily scripture study and daily prayer are so important. They help to bring us into line with the will of God. And oftentimes, once we've tasted that a little bit, I don't, maybe this has happened to you before. Sometimes It happens to me sometimes where I'll, I'll have studied in the morning or I'll prayed in the morning and I'll, I'll have a moment at some point early on in the day where I feel the Spirit and I feel the Lord is near. And I feel like, oh, we're making good progress today. And then I get distracted with the world and I get doing something else. And then I kind of come back a couple hours later and I'm like, something's weird. Something doesn't feel right. What is it? Oh, I've wandered off again. I've I've wandered off. I've been I've been doing things that are worthless are, are not worthwhile. Maybe not exactly sins of omission, sins of commission, but perhaps sins of omission. Did you have you been praying to Heavenly Father? I mean that that little nice little thing that just happened to you over the you know the, that last hour when that project just miraculously all worked out for you and you wasn't out of distress anymore. Did you say thank you to God because that was a gift from Him? But he that remaineth steadfast and is not overcome, the same shall be saved. It's not going to be easy. In verse 9, And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And the love of many shall wax cold. The world, by its nature, because of who runs the Babylon, the king of Babylon, wants to make us feel alone in our pursuits. Because he knows that if he can make us feel alone in our pursuits of glory, in our pursuit of salvation, in our pursuit of the path, he knows that if he can make us feel alone, he has a good chance of swaying us, getting us to enter into Babylon with him. But if we remain steadfast and we keep our eyes single to the glory of God, we'll see that we're not alone. Verse 12. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, then you shall stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. All right. <clears throat> I want to start from the, from the end and kind of work our way up to the top. Then you shall stand in the holy place. If we click on the footnote, holy place. We are brought to Doctrine and Covenants 101, 22. Behold, it is my will 
that all they who call on my name and worship me according to mine everlasting gospel should gather together and stand in holy places. In verse 23, and prepare for the revelation which is to come when the veil of the covering of my temple in my tabernacle, which hideth the earth, shall be taken off, and all flesh shall see me together. And in verse 24, And every corruptible thing, both of man, or of the beast of the field, or the fowls of the heavens, or the fishes of the sea, that dwells upon the face of the earth, shall be consumed. 25, And also that of element shall melt with fervent heat, and all things shall become new, that my knowledge and glory may dwell upon all the earth. It is my will that all they who call on my name and worship me according to my everlasting gospel should gather together and stand in holy places. Do we stand in holy places? Do we strive to be in holy places as often as our schedules, as often as our way of living permits? Do we honestly spend as much time as it permits? And on the same note, do we strive to make the areas in which we already do stand do we strive to make them holy? To make them a holy space, a space where the Spirit feels welcome, a space where if the Savior saw you, you wouldn't be embarrassed. In this, I feel like we can take a good look at what the Savior did, where he was, what he was doing. Certainly the Savior met with publicans and sinners. There was a few times he met with adulteresses or adulterers. And he would help them and strengthen them. But he was never in the place of sin. When he went to the temple and it was a place of sin, a den of thieves, he strove to make it a holy place once again. Granted, he had, he had the authority to do such a thing. But do we stand in holy places? Okay, the abomination of desolation. Let's look at that for just one second. Um, if we look at that, uh, in the student manual, Bruce R. McConkie explains that Daniel spoke prophetically of a day when there would be the abomination that maketh desolate. The phrase is recoined in the New Testament times to say the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Relying solely on the plain meaning of words, we can conclude that this phrase, abomination of desolation, would have reference to some great act or status of corruption and befoulment, of contamination and filthiness, which would bring to pass destruction, ruination, devastation, desolation. Such is the case. These conditions such is the case, these conditions of desolation, born of abomination and wickedness, were to occur twice in fulfillment of Daniel's words. 
The first was to, take, was to be when the Roman legions under Titus in 70 AD laid siege to Jerusalem, destroying and scattering the people, leaving not one stone upon the other when the desecrated another in the, in the desecrated temple and spreading such terror and devastation as has seldom if ever been equaled on earth the second occurrence of the abomination of desolation prophesied by the savior in matthew in, in joseph matthew refers to latter day destruction <laughs> excuse me sorry so we're told that this abomination that makes desolate this great and terrible sin that will rise, that makes our land a waste, was returning. So we have to think, well, what could be some sins? What could be some sins that will make, that could make a nation desolate? You start on different things. You start on smaller things. But I believe, in my opinion, that the majority of sins can be tied back to the three sins that are talked about by Alma in the hierarchy of sins. One is, so in, in the hierarchy, he says that the only things that the, the third in the, the third lowest i guess the, yeah the 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 lesser of the, of the three of the great sins in according to alma is sexual sin breaking the law of chastity what does the law of chastity state the law of chastity is very clear it defines that that you shall have no sexual relations outside of the marriage covenant that has been outside of a marriage that is according to the law of God. Not according to the law of man, not according to any of this. God's law. Any sexual sin. I personally believe that the other side of that coin also states that you are encouraged to multiply and replenish the earth, and it is your duty to to have a family and to raise up righteous posterity. That, in my opinion, is also part of the law of chastity. You have been given this gift. If you do not use it, it is wasted. And the giver of the gift is offended. The next highest sin, according to Alma, is the sin of murder. That one should be fairly plain. The taking of an innocent life in any form. In any form. Now, I know I've heard it, I've heard it many, many times. I've heard it many times, especially in the church, that people will say, oh, well, you know, of course, we, 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 like with abortion, we, we don't, in the church, we abhor abortion, except for, as, as the brethren have said, in the, ca- in the case of, of rape and incest. The, in my personal opinion, if we look back to, I think it was last week's Come Follow Me, if you look in the Come Follow Me manual, there is a quote 
by President Oaks, where he talks about divorce. And he clearly states that currently in the church, we live by the lower law, which says that men and women can still be divorced. But according to the higher law of God, divorce is not permissible. Because in the first place, we should not be marrying just on a whim. It is something that is a serious innate that is serious in nature. It is the creation of a family, the binding and bonding of two individuals for time and all eternity by the power of God. And from that then comes children into the world. Higher law would state that that is sacred. In the same light, when some traumatic event occurs to you in your life, and I know, I know, I can, I can, I could hear people, maybe not you specifically, but I can hear people out there saying, well, you're a man, you have no room to talk. I am a man, and I am a priesthood holder of, the, of God. And it is my firm and unshaking, unshaken belief that just because a traumatic event happens to you, it does not give you the right to destroy an innocent life in any form. In the case of rape, you have had a traumatic, terrible, terrible thing happen to you. And I pray and weep. I pray with you and I weep with you. And I hope that you will reach out to the Savior and to the, the help you need to gain strength and begin the healing process. But that does not then give you the right to destroy the innocent life that was created from that act. That child has done nothing to deserve death. In the same sense as incest. People will make a big fuss about, well, there's medical reasons and there's all these different kinds of things. I promise you, I have looked into several of them. I won't say I've looked into all of them because I haven't. But in most cases, one of the best things that you can do for the health of the mother is to perform a C-section or give birth to the child. And with the current abilities of the medical system, that child can be kept alive. Well, it costs a lot of money and money, it costs a lot of money to have to do that kind of stuff. I promise you, I promise you that in, if you will take the, the effort to keep, keep the life sacred of that child, help them live, God will bless you with the means. I promise you that. He will find a way if you will show to him how sacred life is to you. Throwing it away will do nothing good for your life. All right, before I get too much further on that one, the last one is the sin of denying the Holy Ghost. Turning wholeheartedly away from God. And I believe we can break down the three of them into 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 more base categories. We can break them down into lust, 
we can break them down into hate, and we can break them down into pride. Those three great sins are the sins that are beginning to make our nations desolate. By all standards, the nations of the world are beginning to falter. We have turned our backs on the God of Israel. We have turned our backs on the great Jehovah. And because of that, we will now pay the price. We will become a land that is desolate. But we can receive the strength. We can receive the salvation if we will stay steadfast. If we will remain true to the gospel. I was talking to my wife that as we are approaching a time that has repeated multiple times, repeated multiple times in history, in scripture, that we can see it happened with the Tower of Babel. It happened with the destruction of Jerusalem. It's happening again. There have been three classes of people. There have been those who are actively rebelling against God or have no part in anything to do with God. In almost all cases, those people have been outright destroyed. And we were showed that, we were shown that in Doctrine and Covenants. That every corruptible thing, both of man or of the beast of the field, or the fowls of the heavens, or the fish of the sea that dwells upon the face of the earth shall be consumed at the coming of the Lord. And also that of element shall melt with fervent heat, and all things shall become new, that my knowledge and glory may dwell upon all the earth. The second class of people in these, in these patterns are those who are the lukewarm. Those who so, so, we go to church on Sunday, and yes, we, we adhere to some of the things, but we don't want to get too crazy. We do like our summer cottage in Babylon, as Elamele Maxwell would say. Those people are often taken into captivity. If they are able to escape the outright destruction, they will be taken into captivity. And perhaps their children, like Daniel, will be the means of salvation and the return to God. But then there's the final class of people, the brother of Jared and his family, and Jared and his family, and Lehi and Ishmael. Those people who are actively striving wholeheartedly to maintain the will of the Lord and to do that which he has asked, those people have been led to safety every time. And you might say, well, what about Jeremiah? Jeremiah was there and he was, he was taken away into captivity as well. Jeremiah was saved as well. He was kept alive. The Lord will bless the faithful if we continually strive, if we are striving every day to remain steadfast and be not overcome by the world. The same shall be saved. 
Are we willing to turn our back on the world? To let go of our favorite sins? It will make all the difference. I testify that as we draw near to the Lord, He will draw near unto us. And we will begin to see the blessings. Life may get harder, but it will be more worthwhile. I testify of the truthfulness of the gospel. I testify of the power of repentance. I testify of the truthfulness of the scripture that then shall I confidence wax strong in the presence of God. But if we are willing to learn line upon line and come back by degrees and return to the Lord, in that day we shall stand eye to eye with nothing but joy and peace in our hearts. I pray that that will be the case for all of us and that we will reach out and allow that to be the blessing of others around us as well. And I say these things ever so humbly. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.